Hey everyone, this is Josh Sanchez, host of the Swoop Radio podcast on Anchor.fm, a sports podcast that focuses on the NBA, MLB, NHL, and the NFL, as well as the college game. What Swoop Radio does is he gives up-to-date information on what's going on with all the leagues and the college game, and also puts his little twist on it and his opinions on it. But if you guys have any disagreements or agree with a point with what Josh is saying, feel free to call into the station at Anchor Voice Messages, and you guys might even be put on a future episode. But you can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many other listening platforms. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. You can also check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Instagram at swoop radio underscore that is swoop radio underscore i hope you guys enjoy the podcast What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the newest edition of Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty. Ty, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited for the first night of Sixers basketball. Uh, you know, Sixers, of course, they take on the Boston Celtics tonight, starting the season off with a big rivalry game. I'm excited to, to get it started. Yeah, yeah, because we have... For the first, probably most likely, the first hour of our show is going to be basketball and and Sixers talk. We have a lot in store um, for you guys because obviously, like Ty, you said, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers play tonight at 730. I I, I can't wait. I'm excited, especially especially with the Eagles struggles. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, And we also got a little World Series talk, too, because game one was last night. And we saw it was very interesting. Garrett Cole's first loss. So we have a lot to talk about today. So, Ty, I mean, are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Great sports week. A lot of talked about. Yes, of course. So we, our first topic we're going to get into is obviously your Philadelphia 76ers. Ty, how are you feeling about tonight's game? And, and give a win-loss proje- uh, projection of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, so tonight, like we said, they do take on the Celtics at 7.30 in the Wells Fargo Center. I'm feeling pretty good for tonight's game, and I'm feeling pretty good for for the season as a whole. I think the, the Sixers, as long as they still stay healthy, they're practically a lock for a top-two seed in their conference. And, you know, win, win totals, is that, that might be a tough one. A lot of people are saying maybe they get to 60. I don't know. I don't know if they'll get quite to that level, but I think comfortably right around 56 wins I think is doable for them. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you with there uh, with, with that statement because um, the Philadelphia 76ers, I know they're going to do some load management with Embiid, but Embiid said on the record he wants to play 70 games, and that's with the load management. And I know what the Sixers are probably also going to do that no one else is really talking about is giving Al Horford a little bit of a load management too. So on nights where Embiid sits out and Horford plays, maybe the other night 
it'll flip flop. Be like, hey, yo, Al, you took you you took a break for Embiid. Now you, I'll let you take a break, and now we're gonna put Embiid in for this. Exactly. Game. So then, by the time we're, we're gonna see a lot of Al Horford and Embiid when they play, they're gonna play a lot in the playoffs with each other. I, I think at times, like, because I mean, the thing is, the pro- one of the problems last season was the Sixers' defense when Embiid was on the court was top five in basketball, but when Embiid was off the court, they were in the they were around like twenty fifth, I believe. I remember uh, checking it online. The Sixers were twenty fifth with uh, on defense when Embiid was off the court. So now, so now we're gonna see a lot of Al Horford and Embiid mixing in. Playing at the five, I know they'll start out together, but I think with as the game goes on, you're going to see Al Horford um, be that five with it, when Embiid's off the court. Yeah, I think especially in the regular season, I think you'll see them start together and finish the games together if if the games are close. Mm-hmm. But for the most part in the regular season, I think they'll stagger the minutes. You know, we will see some Kyle O'Quinn at back of center here and there, maybe. We see some of uh, Norval Pell, who is their two-way player, uh, who is also a center. We'll see some of them a little bit mixed in. But I'd say mostly during the regular season, they'll probably stagger the minutes, like you said, and let them spell each other, kind of. And then once they're in the playoffs, it may be a little bit different. I think they're going to try to, you know, just go with their best five as often as they can, and they'll play a little bit more together uh, in the playoffs. But... I agree. I agree about the regular season that we we maybe don't see a ton of them together, especially in game and also uh, for rest purposes. Okay. Oh, okay. I see. Now here, here leads to my next question. I want to I want to hear your opinion on it. Um, who do you think is going to be the Sixers six man? Do you think they'll even have an official six man, or will it just be a combination of a of a couple players? Yeah, I think it'll be mostly a combination because I don't think anyone on their bench sticks out as being, you know, so much better than anybody else. I think we're going to see a lot of Mike Scott, of course. We'll see some Kylo Quinn. We'll see some James Ennis. We'll see some Matisse Thibel. Um, You know, Howell Neto and and, uh, Trey Burke will be mixed in. They'll probably split time at, at backup point guard. Um, probably not in the same game too much, but depending on what team they're facing and what look they want to go with, those guys will get the backup point guard minutes a lot during the regular season. So I, I think it'll be more of a, a six-man by committee, depending on matchups and things like that, or kind of just um, riding the hot hand, as opposed to having you know so, a set guy like a team that has their Lou Williams or, or their J.J. Redick on the Pelicans or something like that. Yeah, and you mentioned a point about uh, Lou Williams because obviously we know a lot of like basketball has just been uh, the basketball season started yesterday, and I know the Lakers and Clippers played with uh, Lou Williams. Imagine if the Sixers had him coming off the bench, and if if we found a way to keep him instead of like I, I mean obviously we know the whole process and stuff like we knew he like we we're gonna trade him exactly him. exactly. But if there was a way that we kept him and he was in our he was our backup point guard right now, wow. That that team from top to bottom, even on the bench, would just put up points. He's so he's so good. It's crazy that nobody wants him as a starter because he's clearly good enough to be a starter. He's the guy who finishes games. It's just become his thing that he's the sixth man, and he's he's really good at it. So I guess why switch it up if it's working? But it's still crazy. He's probably the best player to 
have not been a starter in almost his <laughs> whole career. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right with that. Now, obviously, we know the Sixers shooting. We're, we don't really have, like, that consistent lockdown, like, uh, shooter. Um, I mean, Harris is going to be able to shoot the three. You're going to have Richardson be able to shoot the three. But I'm not expecting them to be, like, a JJ or, like, a, or like a consistent shooter. Um, what do you think about the 76ers shooting, and do you think that we're going to need a lot of players to step up a little bit more? So the thing about that, about their shooting, is it's definitely a concern because they don't have a, t- a ton of guys who are typically known to be shooters. Tobias Harris is probably their you know, best guy who's known to be a shooter, but he's also not just strictly a shooter. He's also a bit of a playmaker, can be the ball handler, ball handler in the pick and roll and things like that. But I think that what they do have uh, in their starting lineup is they have four capable three-point shooters um, outside of Ben Simmons. Harris is clearly a very cap- capable three-point shooter. Richardson is clearly capable. And Bede's willing to pull it. Um, you know, he was very good at it his rookie year. I believe he was around 36 37% uh, his, from three, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. It's gone down since, hovered around 30-ish. In his two years after, which, it you know, if Embiid could get that shooting back to his rookie year shooting, he'd be a completely, you know, different tier. Mm-hmm. Um, but Al Horford is a guy who was also, uh, especially in the preseason, he's not been afraid to just pull it. Like, it seems that his, he's had a pretty uh, quick shooting trigger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably something that they've stressed to him uh, because, because uh, they're certainly going to need it. And uh, it's something that he's definitely capable of. It's not exactly his skill set, but if he has enough time and he and he's open, he'll shoot it and he, he's going to knock it down at a pretty good clip. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like uh, the Sixers are going to need to find shooting. Like everyone's going to have to contribute a little bit in terms of shooting. Um, based off of what I've seen in the preseason and stuff, the Sixers are going to get a lot of their offense through their defense. You're going to see a lot of steals, a lot of block shots, fast break. Yeah, they're uh, going to play a lot of transition basketball. Yeah, and, and that's just my only concern with this team is when the game gets in the half court is can this team score um, consistently because we're in a modern era now where everyone's chucking up threes, and I like what we're doing. What we're doing is we're doing something different. Like we're not, we're not doing what the Portland Trailblazers did was like they literally matched, tried to match Golden State based off of personnel. And now you're seeing the results of that. You have Lillard and McCollum that can pretty much that have a great. They're a very good one-two punch, but they're not Steph and Clay. And whenever the two teams go against each other, the Warriors always win because Portland is literally trying to play like Golden State. What the Sixers are doing is the complete opposite. We're we're trying to start our own trend where we are going to win with defense. We're going to win with size, and we're going to be able to guard anyone one through five. Exactly, I think. I, I think that's a great point that they're trying to do something different as opposed to the kind of extremely spaced out three-point oriented um, type of offense and that kind of game. The Sixers, they're still going to have some you know modern principles to their game uh, because you know historically guys like Al Horford and, and Embiid wouldn't be outside shooting threes and things like that, um, which they will be doing. So it's not to say that it's an outdated uh, type of style, but it's something that Brett Brown he he called it in a 
in a press availability not too long ago. He referred to their style this year. They were going to play bully ball defense and smash mouth offense, uh, which is, I think, a good way to describe what it seems like they're going to do anyway. They're going to try to... They're going to try to overwhelm people on defense with their size um, and honestly do the same thing on the other end. They're going to try to uh, you know, outsize everybody, be the bigger team, uh, out-rebound, and, and play good defense. Um, and you know, the thing about them is historically when you think of tall guys, uh, you know, traditional bigs in the NBA, it's guys that are big and they can't really move, they're slow. But the Sixers aren't exactly like that. Most Everybody in their starting lineup is a good defender outside of Tobias Harris, who is at the very least passable, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they are very big, but it's not something that's going to hinder them because they're you know too slow and they can't switch or anything like that. They do have some some really good defenders and a few guys on the bench that can fill in and also play good defense. Yeah, and this leads me to my last question, and then we'll take a quick little... Um, public service break with uh, on 89.1 WIBFFM Cavalier Radio. Uh, my, la- my last question for this first topic is, you mentioned Brett Brown, and you mentioned how he wants to play Smash Mouth. Now, if you rewind a couple years ago, Brett Brown literally had the personnel he always wanted as a coach. He wa- Brett Brown always has been known for the three-point shot. You have a bunch of Euro guys coming from Europe, coming from all, all over the globe to um to shoot threes i mean they're they don't really have like the athleticism but they make it up with their shooting and now you're seeing the sixers team be completely different than what brett brown um like how brett brown coaches um how do you feel about brett brown and are you impressed with brett brown being able to be comfortable and 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 be willing to learn this new style of offense instead of something that he's always been accustomed to yeah, uh, that's another really good point because in the past, Brett Brown, especially during the process type of era where they were they were tanking, they were trying to figure out a style. Um, a lot of their offense it was a fast paced, you know, um, type of three point oriented offense, passing gas, pace and space, things like that. They were trying to push the ball quickly and get good looks in transition transition at the basket or at the three point line. And as as the personnel has kind of progressed and 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 changed, he's had to change with that. You know, in theory, when you're talking in 2013, 2014, and you know, being good is years away. You can have a type of ideal offense in your mind, but when Joel Embiid is the guy that you draft to be your franchise player, you're gonna have to make accommodations for that. And I think um, Brett is really good at knowing his players. I think that his players really respect him, and he always has their backs and things like that. And he knows that Joel Embiid will be the guy to take him to the NBA Finals. And if they're going to win a championship, it's going to be with Joel Embiid as the best player. He's the crown jewel, as Brett has referred to him, I believe, on multiple occasions in the past. So... He's needed to adapt how they're going to play to Joel Embiid's skill set. You you can't have him always shooting three-pointers. They're still going to shoot a good amount of three-pointers. But the the way they play, it's going to have to be centered around a center being your best player on both offense and defense. And I think it's really 
I think it's really respectable how Brown has uh, kind of changed his his style to accommodate that. Okay, yeah, yeah, you made a really good point about Brett Brown and stuff like that. Now, when we talk, when we we're gonna continue with Sixers talk after we take this quick little break, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another point, and and I wanna I wanna hear your honest opinion about it. And we're gonna continue Sixers talk. For you guys listening to Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty here on 89.1 WYBF-FM. We will be right back. Polish your glasses and put on your shoes, for Cavalier Radio has a treat for you. Creep through the trees and plunder the buildings. The spooky scavenger hunt is sure to be thrilling. Join Cavalier Radio on October 22nd in Grace Hall at 8 p.m. to enjoy the annual Spooky Scavenger Hunt hosted by yours truly, Cavalier Radio. Bring your friends by and make a team up to four people to hunt for clues on campus that will lead you to victory. Be hasty, travelers, for if you do not return in time, your points will be devoured by the light of the moon. (laughs) For those who return... A prize grandeur is sure to be yours. Hi, I'm Shauna. And I'm Kiefer. And And we're we're Thompson Thompson Square. Square. We're blessed to be able to perform in front of thousands of people every night. And when we sing this song, Glass, it always sends a powerful message. The lyrics speak to how fragile we all are and how life's journey is not always a straight and simple path. We're honored to be speaking out on behalf of a cause that is very dear to us, Child Fund International. Child Fund has been changing the lives of children in need for over 50 years. In 31 countries, they find ways to improve the lives of impoverished kids because Child Fund doesn't let poverty slow them down. Their mission is to educate, to empower, and to help these children thrive at all the stages of their lives. And to become leaders of enduring change. This is what Child Fund is all about. Disrupting poverty, creating opportunities, and brighter futures. Learn how at childfund.org. That's childfund.org. Countless people have since visited and left as less than mortal. Prepare yourselves to experience something more frightening than you've ever felt before. The return of Mother Cabrini. Join Peter Bois on October 29th in the atrium of Grace Hall as he calls out the spirits long lost. Students from St. Jude's University have said, Some say it's the creepiest live show you ever see. This is going to blow your mind. Cavalierradio.com 
website, you can listen live to all our great shows. Check out our Cavalier Radio music blog. Look for our show schedule, find our call-in number, and much more. The all-new CavalierRadio.com. Revolutionizing the way you listen to your favorite college radio station in the area. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, it's spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within. Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta-da! to. Ta-da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Come down to the Dixon Center, Thursday, October 24th, to witness Halloween Havoc to kick off the winter sports season. Come see all your peers compete in a competitive dance-off while the crowd goes crazy. Come experience the competitive relays and competitions that student-athletes perform. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. The hottest music on the main line. Main line. 89.1 WYBF-FM. And Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty is back. We are going to continue Sixers Talk here. This will be the last segment of the of your 76ers Sixers Talk. Um, I mentioned how I was going to tell Ty this point. Because he ended the first segment talking about how the team needs to be run through and beat. Because obviously Embiid is the better player. But I've been saying this for a while. I've been saying this for a while now. I believe in order for the Sixers to win an NBA championship, Ben Simmons is going to have to be the better player out of the two. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because Ben Simmons has the power to dictate pace. Him and Embiid both play at two different paces. And Embiid also needs a workload. Uh, so you know Embiid's not going to be playing all 82 games. Simmons has the body and the athleticism. He's going to play 
pretty much all 82 games, he might sit out one or two. Um, which is why I've been telling I've been telling people that as great of a player Joel Embiid is, Embiid's such a great player. If you run the offense through Simmons, have Simmons have the ball and let Simmons do they let Simmons dictate the pace and let it be a transition game where he grabs the rebound and go. And then Embiid uh, and Embiid chips in whenever he can. I think that's when the Sixers will be at their best. Just because when you feed it down low, the pace gets slower. Simmons already can't shoot. So teams feed off of that. And I just think with Simmons' body of work, and you know how he's not as injury-prone as Embiid is, I've always been telling people, have Embiid play 65, 70 games. Let Simmons play all 82. Let Simmons dictate the pace, and let Simmons run the show. And... Because Simmons has already shown a lot of growth this offseason. I said that that's why I said it's a big offseason for both of them. So my point to you, Ty, is do you think that because you mentioned how the offense needs to be run through and beat? If the offense was run through and beat, I have two questions. If the offense is run through and beat, how will Simmons fit into that? And do you think we're gonna see a lot more of like Simmons with the ball and like a more like pick and rolls? Yeah, so I don't I don't really think you're going to see Ben Simmons as the pick and roll ball handler a whole lot just because of his particular skill set. I think that Tobias Harris is a guy you'll see more pick and rolls with. Um I I think Simmons's role this year will be he's still going to be the primary transition ball handler and I think that is where he's really at his best pushing the ball up in transition making you know, really elite passes in, in transition and, uh, and you know, willing his way to the basket with his size and strength over smaller guys. And I, I do think there's elements of what you said that I agree with. I, I agree with the fact that we're going to need Ben Simmons to do a little more if, if the Sixers want to win the finals more than maybe what we got on offense from him last year postseason mm-hmm. uh, I'm not one of the guys to to really try to diss on on Ben Simmons I thought he was overall pretty good in the playoffs last season uh, especially on defense I, I think that's a uh, an area where we're really going to see some improvement this season from Ben even though he was already really good last year but I think he's going to be a really 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 good defender this season but I still think just the talent that that Embiid is that the team needs to be centered around him as opposed to um, kind of minimizing what Joel is in order to um, kind of center your game around Simmons. I, th- I think Embiid is the one you have to model your game after. Um, just, just because of how much of a generational talent Embiid is. Ben Simmons is super good. He's going to be a perennial all-star and... I think he will end up being a Hall of Famer one day. I I think Ben Simmons is really good. And his fit with Embiid, especially offensively, isn't perfect. But I think you need to kind of sacrifice some of what you could get out of Simmons in order to make it work with Embiid. That's just kind of my my take. I think, I think that the, uh, the Sixers are in a unique position where if Embiid were to go down or something like that, they could still survive a little bit because of how good Simmons is. And I think uh, when Embiid isn't on the floor even, 
when he when he's playing when when it's just Simmons in with guys like Horford and Harris, I, I think the offense is going to be Ben Simmons. Um, you know, it's going to be his show, and it's going to be kind of like what you said, where they're taking his strengths and pushing the ball and having him handle the ball a lot, and the show is going to be revolved around Simmons. Simmons, um, but I, I still think the team's at its best when it's kind of revolving around Joel. Yeah, because the only reason why I'm bringing this point is because I was I because I because I, I, I watch all the games, especially in the playoffs, and I remember Game Six of the Raptors series. We saw a Ben Simmons that would grab rebounds and go coast to coast, and he didn't really worry about feeding the ball low to Joel because we already like because by then Joel Embiid, you, you saw his body. He was not in the best of shape. So Simmons realized that and Simmons had to run the show. And in game six, he ran, he ran the show. He had 25, nine and eight, like around there. And he really dictated the pace of the game. And that's another aspect that it's not like that great players do can do. Um, I'm a firm believer in like pace is you're not going to see a number for pace or a statistic for pace, but some of the best guys like Jason Kidd, um, and some of the best playmakers, Steve Nash, John Stockton, what they all did really well was they they were able to dictate the pace of the game. And in game six, we saw Ben Simmons literally take the ball and go, take advantage of the smaller guys. Um, really, he really showed his him playing at his full potential. And and I and after the show, I want you to actually just look at his game six highlights, and you'll and you'll. Oh, you know, I, I remember that yeah. one. He was he was insanely good, and and that's when I started realizing I'm like, if Simmons plays like this, and I mean, and Embiid's going to get in better shape. But what I, but what I'm saying is, if Simmons plays like this, like like he did in game six, and Embiid literally gives you what Embiid does, like Embiid just chimes in and gives what he gives, like 27 and 10 and 12, like that's still. Like what I'm what what I mean by like like let me rephrase what I mean like run the offense through Simmons, um, Embiid will still get his even if the offense was run through Simmons. Embiid will still give you twenty seven and twelve. My my point only is with Simmons dictating the pace of the game. You saw it in Game Six, and we just re ran the Raptors out of t- out of the t- out of town from start to finish, like just locking locking up Kyle Lowry and the other guards, and just taking the ball coast to coast. You just really, he was unstoppable. So that's why I was just like, let me, let me see how Ty feels about this point. Um, about letting the offense run through Simmons. Yeah. I, there's definitely some good points you made there. I, I don't totally agree, but I think that, um, Simmons is going to have to kind of capitalize on some of, some of the things that they'll need him to do, um, in terms of running point guard for this team, uh, and being the primary ball handler. He, in the playoffs a lot last year, he was kind of in the half court relegated to just um, standing in the dunker spot and not doing a whole lot else. And that isn't always the best way to operate. So I, I agree with you there that um, he's going to have to take a more active role when playoff time comes around. But I think that's something he'll be capable of. Okay, I see. Now, now what's the point that you were trying to ask me? Yeah, so one, one thing that I wanted to ask you ahead of tonight's game against the Celtics is, of course, the Sixers, before every game, they get a celebrity, uh, a former player, something like an actor, something like that. Uh, they 
they get them come in and they ring they ring that bell before each each uh, Sixers home game. You know, tonight being opening night, do you have a guess for who you think might be ringing the bell? Uh, that is a really good question. I, I heard on the radio they were talking about AI possibly being one, uh, Dr. J. I honestly, I, I honestly would go with Julius Irving. I think out of all the four, if like if there was a former player, I mean, he brought you a chip. I, I think the city would be either him or AI. The city would be really hype over. Um, definitely no Eagles players now. Definitely no Eagles. Yeah, no Eagles Phillies. players. Uh, I don't expect maybe, maybe Bryce Harper. Like I, I think Bryce yeah. Harper would still get him hyped up. Yes. Other than Bryce Harper, because Bryce Harper has that personality other than him, because, I mean, he showed up. He did what he had to do this season. I know at times he was batting two-something, but he showed, like, 220. But he showed up when the team needed the most. It's just the rest of the team was garbage. But I, 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 but to answer your question, I would go I would, I would, I would go with Julius Irvin. That's who I, that's who I would go with. Now, How about I, you? I feel like they probably will go with one of the two guys you said, Allen Iverson or Dr. J. But I feel like that's a boring, like, basic answer. I feel like those guys have rang the bell a bunch. And I want them to do something out of the box. I think it'd be really funny if if they were to. I think it would be really funny if the news for the Phillies manager job were to come out with whoever the the new manager is going to be comes out and rings the bell tonight. I think that'd be hilarious. Like Joe Girardi just comes out and rings the bell ahead of the Sixers <laughs> game, something like that. But I I think it'll probably be Allen Iverson. It's he seems like their go to. But uh, something my friend. My friend texted me, said um, maybe it would be Brett. Like, that'd be a cool one. Brett Brown comes out. I know uh, they had Embiid do it before when he was hurt uh, during that that uh, playoff series against the Heat when he was wearing the mask and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm interested to see who's going to be ringing the bell. I hope it's somebody good. I don't I don't want it to be a former Sixer, though, because I think that gets they – do, they do a ton of those. They should try to get somebody different for this one, make it a cool one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, li- I like that question. It was definitely uh, different. Um, <laughs> I, I have another point to make because I was listening to uh, the Fanatic while I was uh, lifting. I'm a lifting Uber driver. And um, they had Elton Brand come on the show. And Elton Brand was talking about how he uses, how he gets analytics to, to like look at and get certain players. But he was also talking about the human element. And he was mentioning how like he'll take whatever like the scouts say about like hey like this guy's really good analytics but then he will use the human element and watch how the player plays and watch how he interacts with the team and the players so in that way he knows okay this guy's a good fit okay this guy's not a good fit um what do you think that the eagles and phillies are doing that too or or i just think elton brand's just on another level right now uh so my two questions are do you think the Eagles and Phillies are doing that? And how do you feel about Elton Brand, the Sixers GM? Yeah, so first off, I do think that the Eagles especially are doing that kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, until recently, it seemed that they've had a really solid locker room as a whole. And that's the kind of thing they take into account before signing a player. They want to get good locker room guys. And even the Phillies to an extent, um, my thing with, with the Phillies is I think that team chemistry and things like that matter less in baseball than any other sport because there's not a whole actual lot of teamwork going on really other than maybe the pitcher and the catcher. Um, so like clubhouse stuff is good. It's good to have 
good locker room guys, but it's not the most important thing in baseball. And I think the Phillies kind of overpaid for certain aspects of that last offseason. You know, they shelled out $50 million for Andrew McCutcheon, who, you know, guys just as good as him, like Michael Brantley, didn't get nearly as much. So maybe they overpaid a little bit for locker room stuff. But I, I think that, you know, kind of blending the two like that uh, between finding a player who has good analytic trends and then also somebody who thinks they, they, they think can fit the scheme and, and, you know, mesh with the locker room and things like that. I think the other two teams are doing a good job at it, but I, I really think that the Sixers are doing uh, a better job at not only finding guys who are good players, but they're finding guys who, who um, they're working in the locker room. Uh, you know, Mike Scott comes in last year. He's able to hit threes at a high percentage, but he also uh, is kind of like that perfect guy for the team, that, that gritty type of uh, get-your-hands-dirty role player. I, I think he was a really good fit for the team. Uh, there's a few other guys uh, like that, you know, finding Matisse Thibel, who seems to be fitting in with the team very well. So the Sixers are doing a good job at that, and I think Elton Brand is is doing a good job as a whole. He took some... He, I think he realized last year that they want, they think the championship window for Embiid and Simmons is opening up, and they didn't have the championship team last season, so they took some big swings, they took some risks, uh, and you know the Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris trades, and it didn't work out in year one, but it's definitely put them in a better position today. So I've, I've liked the job that Elton Brand's doing. Um, do, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Just to add to your point, like if you if you look at our roster last year, opening tip off, guess who's starting? Yeah, Markel Dar- Fultz. Markel Fultz, Dario Dario Sharich, and Robert Covington. Yes, and now and then and then you had T.J. McConnell. You had all these guys coming off the bench, and then now it's crazy how much like what a difference a year makes. I remember Mike Muscala. We had yeah, Mike Muscala, Wilson Chandler. Yes, Mike uh, Mike Muscala, Wilson Chandler. Our starting five, Markel Fultz was starting in the starting five game one, which yep. is insane. And then now you see what Elton Branded. He pretty much did. The the Sixers did had they ended up having three different teams. Yeah, really. Uh, last season, uh, you trade Fultz, you trade Sark and and Covington. Sark is now on the Phoenix Suns. So that's a little. I, I remember the only reason why I know that is because I played two K and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, why is Sark on the Suns? Yeah, Ew. <laughs> yeah. They traded they traded him uh, this offseason, I believe, and then Covington is obviously on the Timberwolves right now. And even not going back to uh, opening night last season, even just the middle of the season, there's a bunch of guys who have come through. Um, you know, they picked up. Corey Brewer, who is who isn't on the team anymore. Jimmy Butler's not on the team anymore. Boban Marjanovic isn't on the team anymore. They've had a lot of guys come come through, but they ended up finding the roster that they think is going to work for them. Uh, so I think Elton Brand, he's done a really good job, kind of handling um, the revolving door type of situation with all the players. You know, it, it really felt like early on in the tanking years when it seemed like they had a million players coming in to see where they could find. Uh, you know, some talent and try to find some talent under the radar. But it seems that they had more players last season than they did any of those. Yeah. And then even with the Elton brand change, like, I, I mean, we, we have a couple more minutes just thinking about before we uh, um, take a little uh, 
PSA break, and then we'll get into national basketball um, at the six o'clock hour. Um, just just thinking about it, like Elton Brand came into a situation where it was the whole Colangelo situation. Um, teams were losing interest in the Sixers. Like I know a lot of the front offices and the other teams did not really want to work with the Sixers because of what happened with the whole tanking process with Sam Hankey. And then um, Colangelo comes in and he's kind of like, he kind of reminds me of John Middleton, honestly. Because I, I, I met John Middleton face to face. When I tell you he dismissed me, I'm like, you don't dismiss me. Come on, dude. I'm a big sports guy. I observe everything. But Colangelo comes in and he he he's, he ruined he ruined the Sixers a little bit. He drafted faults and uh, he he, he kind of because his dad his dad was so successful he was he was born into this privilege and he thought that he was just higher than the other owners, higher than the other NBA teams, and teams were not willing to work with him. And when they did work with him, it seemed like it never worked out in the Sixers' favor. <laughs> they had a ton of assets left over from you know when Hinky was around, and it seems that Colangelo wasted a whole lot of them. Uh, you know, missing out on guys like Pascal Siakam so he could draft, you know, Furkan Korkmaz, who I happen to like, but I'd much rather have Pascal Siakam. But, you know, missing out Siakam to draft Korkmaz and Timotei Luwagu Cabrero, you know, oh, God. guys like that, tra- trading, away, <sighs> trading away draft picks so he could move up in the first round to draft Anzec Pasekchniks, who never played a game for the Sixers and is now, I think, with the Wizards, I think he, I think he played in the preseason game uh, against the Wizards the other night, but he's not going to ever really play meaningful minutes uh, for an NBA team. Just a lot of wasted opportunity with Colangelo. So I know the whole situation with the Twitter accounts and things like that was very weird, but perhaps it was a blessing because Elton Brand came in and he seemed to been he's been doing a really nice job. Uh, now, now I'm just going to ask you this one question because obviously the Sixers went through this whole process, and as we're talking about it, recapping it, you have a guy in Sam Hankey that pretty much gutted out the team. Like if you really, if you really think about it, like we caught a lot of we caught a lot of breaks because I remember a lot of people were talking about Andrew Wiggins getting him in the year the Embiid draft year that was 2014. Yeah, 2014. Um, if Embiid did not have injuries, I think he would have went number one. Agreed, and and I mean the Bucks were going to get Parker regardless. Yeah, they because Embiid was either going to go one or three, and then the Sixers took a chance on Embiid, and he sat out two years, and then remember Michael Carter Williams, how he was he was an All Star caliber player, ends up winning Rookie of the Year. I remember when we traded him in the moment. In the moment, I'm like, why did we trade him? I'm like, yeah. him and Noel were such a good little combination, but they weren't good enough. And exactly. And it's just crazy to think. Um, my question is, if any of the Philly teams had to do what the Sixers did, like, would you as a fan be patient with the team if they did what the Sixers did, like purposely tank? Yeah, I mean, I think the Phillies tried it. It just didn't work out as well. You know, I, I sat there and I dealt with that. But I think a team, if a team were to try it, I think it should be the Flyers. It seems like they're stuck in this kind of, you know, mediocre wasteland, and they have been for a little while where they're good, but just not good enough. So they're always stuck around that kind of 500 area, just sneaking into the playoffs or just missing, but never really having a realistic shot at making the Stanley Cup uh, finals or anything like that. But yeah, if your team has a 
you know, they have a plan and they think they can execute it well. I think you, for the most part, you're allowed to question it. But for the most part, if you feel like they have the guys who know what they're doing to operate that kind of plan, like the Sixers did and Sam Hinkie, I think you should get behind it. Because as you can see, if it's well executed, it can, it can work. Yeah. Yeah. As as you can say now to to our viewers listening, feel free to comment, feel free to call the phones as well. I definitely got to look up the number around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also feel free to comment and, and, and like as well, um, all of the radio shows with Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty will air every Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you guys can all check that out. But we'll be right back. And for our next topic, we're going to get into our NBA award predictions. We're going to give you guys who's going to win each award. Then we're also going to talk about some Lakers Clippers the other night. And I have a bone to pick with uh, with a certain coach on the Pelicans. But other than that, we'll see you guys at the top of the hour. Be you guys listening to Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty. Come down to the Dixon Center, Thursday, October 24th, to witness Halloween Havoc to kick off the winter sports season. Come see all your peers compete in a competitive dance-off while the crowd goes crazy. Come experience the competitive relays and competitions that student-athletes perform. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision and independence to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. It's the leading cause of blindness in adults 55 and older. Some of us are at greater risk for AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD. If left untreated, it can lead to blindness. The good news? With early detection, AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that can reduce or even reverse some vision loss. Learning that you have AMD can be scary, but there's hope and help. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is researching and developing treatments and cures for AMD. To get your free AMD information packet, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. Join the fight against AMD, because together there is a cure in sight. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Now it's time for a Cabrini Live Reach Out. Understanding your finances is a key to a strong financial future. And good financial decisions don't have to be big or overwhelming. Little things like putting money into a savings account 
every paycheck. Or paying down your credit card each month can go a long way to getting you on the right financial track. So don't be the one who makes, the, who makes bad decisions and gets left behind. Visit feedthepig.org for tools and tips to get started on the path to financial stability. This message has, is brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs, the Ad Council, and Cavalier Radio. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Aw, oh, you know kids will be kids. Oh, I don't know why they're trying to make a big deal of it. It's just a harmless rite of passage. If she didn't want to be picked on, she shouldn't wear that thing on her head. If he's going to dress that way, he's just asking for the extra attention. It's just a stage. All kids face some bullying. They'll get over it. That girl, she just brings it on herself. I don't feel bad for her at all. Huh, you know, it's just a stage. It's just a stage. Just a harmless right of path. Don't validate. Eliminate. All students in Pennsylvania deserve a safe learning environment without the threat of bullying. I'm Rich Askey, treasurer of the Pennsylvania State Education Association. It's up to us as educators, as parents, as adults to stand up on behalf of bullied students. Identify, intervene, and advocate. One caring adult can make all the difference. Visit nea.org slash bullyfree. A message from the Pennsylvania State Education Association. Join us, if you dare. In celebration of Freak Week, the historic Cabrini Mansion will turn into the Cabrini Haunted Mansion on Saturday, October 26th. Experience the ghosts, Witches and monsters that will take over the building. You will not want to miss this most frightening evening. Come out to the Debris Haunted Mansion Saturday, October 26th from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. if we didn't scare you away already. This program is for entertainment purposes only. Hey, Becca, it's M. Well, our show, it's 2 o'clock. I was just wondering where you were. What do you mean you're not coming? <laughs> you can't graduate. We have a show to do. But, but wait, uh, guess I'll do it myself. 
That's right, no more Rated M and Rated R, now it's just Rated M The Show. I'm back this semester to bring the chillest vibes with segments like News-ish, where we discuss current events and pop culture, and I give you my take on it, because I know you want to know what I think. And of course, I'll be playing all the music you love from Pop Top 40s, Alternative Rock, and some Throwback. It's all here and better than ever on Rated M The Show on Tuesdays 2pm to 4pm, only on 89.1 WIBF-FM Cavalier Radio. People are always talking about the stock market, always looking to invest in a good opportunity, something with the potential to grow. So what if you could invest in the future, the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock where you invest to make money, but a stock for social change. A whole new kind of investment called Better Futures. When you invest, it helps students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for everybody. I could be the first college graduate in my family, the first district attorney from my neighborhood. And if I'm the first, then maybe there will be a second and a third. This can really be the start of something. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hey, Billy. Yeah? Do you want to go to the state fair? Yeah. Do you want to ride the roller coaster? Yeah. The big one? Yeah. The one with the reverse flip? <gasps> yeah! Well, you can't. You see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it, including going to the state fair. Oh, man. Cheer up. This year, your parents will make it right. They're going to visit energysavers.gov, where they'll get tips on how to save energy and money. Then they'll add extra insulation and get a few of those Energy Star appliances. They could save hundreds of dollars a year. And you know what, Billy? What? They'll take you to the state fair <gasps> next year. But I want to go this year. I know you do, Billy. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, it's spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within. Um. C, look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta-da! to. Ta da! Twinsies! I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. People of the world, let it be known that Sans Talk will be returning to Cavalier Radio immediately. Immediately? Immediately! You heard that right, boys and girls. DJ Maddie Sands is back. So, do you know what time it is? Pizza time. What? No. Um, 
Anyway, it's time for juicy discussions, marvelous music, and godly guests. Oh, and of course, Sans would never forget to give you your weekly dose of Slim Shady. Hi! Here on Sans Talk, we talk about anything and listen to everything, except country, of course. So be absolutely certain that you tune into Sans Talk every Friday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can hear me on the dial at 89.1 WIBFFM or online anywhere at www.cavalierradio.com. Be there or be square. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. People all over the country join AmeriCorps VISTA to build their community while they build their career. AmeriCorps VISTA provides a huge network with a lot of different opportunities, so you can find the position that works for you. It's a great opportunity to meet friends. It's a great opportunity to learn job skills. AmeriCorps VISTA members address poverty through economic development, education, youth mentorship, and more. What motivated me to join AmeriCorps VISTA was really just being able to give back to the community which I represent. We can all kind of work together, work to our strengths, and create this network. It allows me to be giving back to the community. We are allowing our next generation to be sustained. Learn how you can build your community and your career at AmeriCorps.gov slash Vista. That's AmeriCorps.gov slash Vista. Here's a throwback from 2012. Hey, I just met you. No, this is a throwback. If you're looking for some classic rock, you came to the right place. Cavalier Radio, 89.1 WIBF-FM. And Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty is back. Top of the hour, 6 o'clock hour here at 89.1 WIBF-FM. Cavalier Radio in Radnor, Pennsylvania. Ty, man, good show so far. But we got to get to our awards. We got to make this segment. It'll be a little timely, but it won't be as timely as our first show. Remember, we got on to the one at one through eight seed, and that took literally yeah. a whole hour to do. So, Ty, we'll, what award do you want to start with with the NBA? Yeah, let's start. Uh, we can go rookie of the year first. Okay, yeah. So we'll go rookie of the year. Ty, 
who is your 2019-2020 NBA Kia Rookie of the Year? Uh, my Rookie of the Year for, for this season is Zion Williamson. I think that he's just he's an incredible talent. The only issue with that really is the injury. I know, you know, a big guy jumping really high, he can run really fast, so you got to worry about his knees. And obviously in the preseason, he tore his meniscus, and he's going to be out for uh, quite a few weeks now. But I think he gets back early enough to uh, have a strong season, and I think he'll end up being the best rookie. Okay, I see, yeah. So, I mean, obviously we know the whole debate of, remember Joel Embiid a couple years ago, he only played 39 games, and everyone's like, should he get it? Um, If Williamson gets around that range, and if he gets it, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very mad. I'm gonna be like, what happened with Embiid? Like they couldn't give us the vote. Yeah, I th- I think he'll play more than that. I yeah. think he'll I think he'll end up probably in, in at least like the fifty-ish game range mm-hmm. at the very least, like playing it if they play it very safe. So I think he'll be the one to get it. Yeah. So my rookie of the year is gonna be a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna feel about it, but I really like R.J. Barrett from New York. I wow. think I think that he's going to be the like one of the top options. I know they have Julius Randle, but I think R.J. Barrett, you saw a little bit in the preseason what he can do. Um, I, I think that him getting enough touches, and I think he's going to be able to play all 82 games. Um, I think you're going to really see him step forward. I know a lot of people are talking bad about the Knicks, and rightfully so. They deserved all the bad talk. They're talking about how they're going to get KD and Kyrie, and they end up getting no one, and everyone knows their opinion about the Knicks. But I, but I think that this is going to be a draft pick that hits, and it's going to hit very well in New York. Um, I think New York is going to start uh, trying. I think because being in the Atlantic Division, uh, that that which is going to be the toughest division in all of basketball, I think that's going to really elevate the Knicks to be better. I, they're not going to be a playoff team by any means, not even close. But I definitely think that they they're going to play tough, and they're going to be they're going to be they're going to make it tough on some teams. And I think R.J. Barrett being the only Offensive guy there, in my opinion, he's gonna average. I, I, he's gonna average. He's gonna average probably around like sixteen to eighteen a night. And and if Williamson continues to be out, I, I like my chances with R.J. Barrett. It's different than what everyone else is saying. I know a lot of people are saying that point guard, um, in Memphis, uh, John Morant. Yeah, 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 John Morant. And I know a couple of people are saying everyone's saying Zion Williamson, obviously, but I, I like R.J. Barrett. I think I think that he is. I think that he's gonna sleep. He's a sleeper right now, but I think by the end of the year, everyone's gonna be like, "Wow!" So now this is perfect for the next round, for the next award that I, I was thinking is most improved player. Um, Ty, who is your most improved player? Yeah, I think my most improved player for this season is somebody who played pretty well last night. Who you know he inexplicably he inexplicably didn't play a whole lot in the second half. That is. Uh, Lonzo Ball on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I really like Lonzo's defense, and I think his offense has come a long way. He looked pretty good in the preseason, so I think Lonzo is going to be the guy to get this award. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Um, I was hoping you weren't going to say Lonzo because I mentioned on the last uh, uh, before last break that I had a bone to pick with the Pelicans coach because I think Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball is going to have a very good year. I think he's going to lead the league in assists if he gets enough minutes. Um, I don't know why Lonzo didn't even play that fourth quarter, 
but then he starts overtime. Like it makes no sense. I I know it's the beginning of the year and you're trying to get your um rotations in order, but that's why that's why the Pelicans lost the game when Lonzo was on the court. That Pelicans offense, they were dominating. They had a great first half. In the third quarter, when Lonzo's on the court, like they still have the lead, they take him out, and 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 the Pelicans really struggle down the stretch. Like Josh Hart is a good player, don't get me wrong, Villanova guy, right around here. But Lonzo Ball really showed, and I think his offense, like you said, Ty, is coming along, and his passing is just very special. I think he's going to lead the league in assists if he gets enough time. I know once Williamson comes back, you're going to see Lonzo really take off. In my opinion, I I think he's going to average at least 14 and 10 around there. 14 might be a little bit of a stretch, but 14 and 10 around that range. Um, it, he just needs to get minutes, and I hope that uh, that Gentry will give him his his minutes because right now I'm not happy with him. Yeah, I'd I agree. I I don't understand why he didn't play in the fourth quarter there because he had a really good first half, and then starting overtime, it it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, it made made no sense. But now, obviously, the other game, Clippers-Lakers, we saw a three-time six-man in Lou Williams. And as Ty said, as Ty mentioned earlier in the show, the greatest bench player of all time. Who is your six-man? Yeah, the six-man of the year. This one's an easy call. You might as well not even. Like, why, well, might as well give it to him now. I think it'll be Lou Williams. Yes, I mean, well, Lou Williams had 23 last night, or 21 or 23. I got to double-check that. But him, 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 and him, and him, and uh, what's his name? Uh, hard, hard, the the center on the the backup center on the Clippers. Harold. Yeah, Harold. Him and Harold. That one-two combination off the bench is deadly. Their pick and roll. They have so they have they have probably the best chemistry from a from a backup unit in Lou Williams and Harold. And you really saw Harold blocking LeBron's shot, blocking AD's shot. Um, we'll get to the Lakers once we're done the awards, but those two guys, I think, I think those two guys are going to fight one and two for the award. I think it's going to be a two. I think it's going to be a teammate race between them two. Um, don't, don't, don't sleep on, uh, on Harold either. Yeah, I mean, Redick is another guy who I think could get it, but I still think that that Lou Williams will probably end up being the guy. All right. Now defensive player of the year. Who do you got? Defensive player of the year. I do have Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Again? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, in the regular season, this is just his award to lose. And then in the playoffs, they usually try to make him switch on to smaller players, and he gets cooked and played off the floor. But in the regular season, uh, Gobert is usually the guy who's able to make the most impact. They won't give it to Embiid because he's not going to play enough games. Uh, I don't think Kawhi will play enough games. So I think... Rudy Gobert is probably the man. Um, honestly, I was I was a little conflicted with this one because I was going to go a different route. Um, I I honestly think, and and this might be surprising, but I honestly think now that the Clippers are going to be very relevant, you saw that last night. Patrick Beverly, Defensive Player of the Year as a point guard. I know there has not been a guard that has won that since, um, I think, Gary Payton in the early 90s. So I, I think that now that the Clippers are going to get more exposure and they're going to get more national media time, 
Patrick Beverly is going to get the respect that he deserves. Because I was thinking Paul George, but Paul George is missing 10 games. And now Paul George, like those 10 games, like, I mean, that matters in a race. So I think, I think I, I gotta, I wanna, I like going with different guys. Someone, people that people don't um, usually pick. Cause I mean, Joel Embiid's gonna be in the mix. Rudy Gobert's gonna obviously gonna be in the mix. They're amazing defenders. Giannis, I know he wants to take step forward on the defensive side. Um, Paul George on the Clippers. Um, Anthony Davis. I, I, I like Patrick Beverly. I'm, I, I like how he plays defense. He makes you work. And he definitely deserves to be Defensive Player of the Year. He locks down the guard position. The guards don't score on him. Um, so now, the big one. Kia, NBA, 2019-2020, MVP. Who is your preseason MVP? Yeah, I've kind of been debating on two right here. Uh, I think both of these guys, they're both guards, both primary ball handlers for their team in the Western Conference. Um you know, the guys I've been going back and forth on, that would be Steph Curry and James Harden. But I personally think that James Harden's going to be the guy to get it. I think he still should have gotten it last season. Uh, the way that he's just able to take over an offense and, and you know, having him around almost automatically makes you a good offense as a team. He he's The way he's been such an amazing one-man show... Uh, I think he'll be the guy to get it. I know they have Russ, uh, so he'll change things up a bit. But I do think that Harden will put up the best uh, offensive season by far, and that's mostly what weighs in the board. Yeah, you're definitely right. It comes to offense, and it comes to um, – it's like an offensive award. And, and, and it's usually awarded to the best player on the best team. And – that's why I don't think Curry, I mean, Curry's going to have the numbers, but I just, now, now that hearing the news, I mean, I, I don't really believe it, but Clay Thompson being out for the whole year, I, 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 I think the, like I said, the Warriors are my sixth seed right now. And, that, and that's me being generous. Like that's me sleeping on Portland and giving Golden State more love because obviously they're, they're, they've been to five straight finals. If the Warriors are around there, I mean, Curry can put up 30 a night, but that's still not like, it's it's not it's not enough. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go. I I think Embiid said he wants to play seventy games. I think the Sixers being, I I really think that they're gonna be the best team. They're gonna have the best record on Eastern Conference, and and I, I like Embiid. I, I think wow. I, I think Embiid's gonna give you seventy games. He's not gonna win Defensive Player of the Year, so he's gonna be very tight. But I think he's gonna win. MVP. I think Embiid's gonna be MVP this year. I really like it. I know he only got one vote in the in the in the uh, ESPN poll. Giannis obviously ran the show. I I, I don't I don't I, if the Sixers are the one seed, I think he gets it. That's fair. I mean, best player on the best team. It'll depend on how many games he plays. Yeah. Like I, I I couldn't tell you what their plan is for him, and I can't predict injuries. You know, even just little nagging ones might hold him out. So I. I respect the pick. I think it could happen. I just, I just don't necessarily see it. Yeah. Uh, now, now here's my last question, and we'll we'll transition to the sport uh, to the national games. Um, does Ben Simmons make an All Defensive Team? And if he does, is he a second team or a first team? Um, I think he makes one. I probably second team, but I think he, I think he will make one, and I think he deserves it. 
right. I, I really like it. I really, I, I, I completely agree with you. I was wondering, I was like, will he make it? I, I really think that he really set that as a goal this year to be one of the, he wants to be the best player on the team. That's what he said. Yeah. But it's going to be very tough because Embiid, obviously, you know, if Embiid. So now for our last quick topic before we get into football, the National Basketball or the NBA started, they debuted yesterday night, and you saw, we saw two great games. Pelicans-Raptors go into overtime. We saw the Raptors. They officially have the biggest rings ever by a franchise. Uh, Kyle Lowry hitting some big shots. Van Fleet with over 30, dropping 30. Siakam, first game as the number one option. You drop 36 and 18. Amazing. I know we fouled out, though, late in the game. Pelicans played him tough. Uh, Gentry benched Lonzo. He's an idiot. And then you have the night game. You have the Clippers and Lakers. And that atmosphere felt like a playoff game. Kawhi Leonard's getting booed when he speaks to the fans. Kawhi Leonard gets booed every time he shoots th uh, uh, free throw. LeBron gets cheered. MVP chance. But the real MVP of that game... Uh, that well, Supposedly the MVP, LeBron, really struggled. at eight. He had 18, 9, and 8. But he had six turnovers, and him and Anthony Davis combined for twelve, around 12 points in the second half, and they shot 14 of 55 for the game. Ty, how are you feeling about Clippers, Lakers, and basketball in general? Yeah, I mean, I kind of I said this uh, on one of our previous shows. I kind of expected the Lakers to struggle early on. I know they played one of the better teams in the NBA, presumably, in the Clippers, and they played them tough for three quarters, you know, tied going into the fourth quarter. But I I think just as a whole, the Lakers team, they're not as good as the Clippers, and Clippers weren't even at full strength with Paul George uh, out due to injury, you know, sitting on the sideline in a tuxedo. But I, I think the Lakers, they're not as deep as the Clippers. They're top-heavy. But as an overall team, I just don't think the Lakers are as good as a team like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, now you can say the Lakers and I have Kyle Kuzma and they are also short of Rajon Rondo. I, I will give them that. And and just like how people say the Lakers or the Clippers didn't have Paul George. My biggest takeaway from the game was just how amazing defensively the Clippers are like you. You take this. You take. Harrell, you take Williams off the bench. You you have Beverly. That's literally he is like the Kevin Garnett in that Celtics team with Doc Rivers. Instead of having like your Barker being the center and or the forward, your alpha dog, your alpha guy that's communicating to the team is your point guard. And you have a guy in Kawhi Leonard, and it was awesome. Him and LeBron were going back and forth in the first half, and then LeBron just ran out of gas. Um, but you have Leonard. You have Shamit and I, I love Shamit. That was the one person I was sad to see go. I didn't really care about Covington and Sark because uh, I knew they were really going to get us to a certain point. And I and but Shamit was really showing how great of a shooter he was going. He can be. He Shamit has the potential to be a forty, at least a forty percent three point shooter. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. His stroke is really good. And, and, and yeah, yeah, and I loved him in Wichita too. Wichita State, he exactly. was that point guard, all in their deep runs. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, they weren't able to keep him around uh, kind of as like a J.J. Redick replacement. I understand why they had to part with him and why that needed to happen, and it probably worked out for the better. 
but it is a bit unfortunate that the Sixers can't kind of try to develop him and see how that goes. Now, now it's just amazing to me because once Paul George comes back, literally one through five, their lineup is going. Their lineup's going to be: you have Beverly at point, Paul George shooting guard or forward, Leonard shooting guard or forward, power forward. I know they have uh, they have a mix of like Patterson. I know they have some other guys, and they have Zubak down low. Now I will say that there's the one weakness that I saw from last night was Zubak a little bit defensively. On like the pick and rolls and stuff, he didn't he re, he didn't know where to commit, and that, I mean obviously a pick and roll with LeBron and AD, you know, I don't like it's like stopping them is like trying to learn a new language. It's like, oh, do I come out and double or do I like I don't like Zubak was was caught a lot and stranded in the island, so he didn't really know what to do. Um, but other than that, defensively <coughs> that team, and then you have Harold Williams, you have uh, Harkless. The addition of him, you have uh, Jeff Green. They, the Clippers, it's going to be very tough scoring on them. And it looks like I, I would I would love it to be a Clippers-Sixers finals. And then defensively, you're going to see a lot of – I think both teams don't break 100. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about uh, both of these teams, you know, you're just saying about a Sixers-Clippers finals. And while the Clippers are super good – I don't think they have a single soul that can guard Joel Embiid. Yeah, I will I will say that, but one thing I will say though, if you compare the two teams, the Clippers bench having Lou Williams and Harrell as that killer domination. Like they they destroyed the Lakers. The Lakers are talking about how they have a bench. I, I I'm not even gonna lie to you. That and one Harrell did on Jared Dudley, and then he like he like touched both his muscles and was flexing. I, I was flexing too. I was hyped. I was like, man, he talks so much crap. In that net series, so much crap. He literally looks like a grandpa out there, an old genie. I was like, I was like, man, I wish I was as big as her. I would, I would literally a dunk. I would dunk on him. I would, I would abuse him. I would make him my, like, I, he, I would make him my son. Like, I, I hate Jared Dudley. I can't stand him. Yeah, you know? I respect what Jared Dudley did. I thought he made <laughs> he made that series a, a more fun. I mean, he got one of the Sixers' best players ejected out of the. <laughs> Out of the most crucial game. So I guess he kind of did his job. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Any any takeaways you saw from the game? Um, Not not really. I, I just think it's going to be a super fun NBA season. A lot of teams are really good. Yeah, no, we're not even talking about the later game tonight. You have the Trailblazers and Nuggets rematch of the Eastern uh, Western Conference semis. Yep. That series went to seven. That was a really good series. Um, me yeah. and you both picked the Nuggets to be very high on our um, power of our um, early postseason predictions. I know I, you had them at two. I had them at one because of, like, again, like they're just going to rack up wins. So this is a big test for them, getting over to hump against Portland and uh, stopping C.J. McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard. Um, and uh, by any chance, did you see Bleacher Report's top ten? I did not. Yeah, they had Lillard at 10. They had Embiid at 8. Um, they had Curry at 2. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, besides shooting, though, like, he doesn't lock you up. Yeah, but he's so good at shooting that yeah, it makes yeah. up for it. <laughs> but I right, will be right back here. We're going to get into a little football talk. We're going to talk about Eagles, um, all the trades that happened this week. Obviously, Sanu, um, uh, Sanu Sanders all get traded. Um, Raiders cornerback gets traded. We'll get all into that next. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. People all over the country join AmeriCorps VISTA to build their community while they build their career. AmeriCorps VISTA provides a huge network with a lot of different opportunities, so you can find the position that works for you. It's a great opportunity to meet friends. It's a great opportunity to learn job skills. AmeriCorps VISTA members address poverty through economic development, education, youth mentorship, and more. What motivated me to join AmeriCorps VISTA was really just being able to give back to the community which I represent. We can all kind of work together to work to our strengths and create this network. It allows me to be giving back to the community. We are allowing our next generation to be sustained. Learn how you can build your community and your career at AmeriCorps.gov VISTA. That's AmeriCorps.gov VISTA. Now let's take a look at the WIBF community calendar. What the world needs now is you. Help to build the bridges of intercultural understanding by sharing your home and daily life with an AFS high school exchange student or teacher. Hosting is exciting and rewarding. The AFS community has students and teachers arriving year-round. If you're ready to build the bridge, check them out online at www.afsusa.org. That's AFSUSA.org or call 1-800-AFS-INFO. The WYBF Community Calendar keeps you informed. Hi, I'm Shauna. And I'm Kiefer. And, and we're, we're Thompson, Thompson Square. Square. We're blessed to be able to perform in front of thousands of people every night. And when we sing this song, Glass, it always sends a powerful message. The lyrics speak to how fragile we all are and how life's journey is not always a straight and simple path. We're honored to be speaking out on behalf of a cause that is very dear to us, Child Fund International. Child Fund has been changing the lives of children in need for over 50 years. In 31 countries, they find ways to improve the lives of impoverished kids because Child Fund doesn't let poverty slow them down. Their mission is to educate, to empower, and to help these children thrive at all the stages of their lives. And to become leaders of enduring change. This is what Child Fund is all about. Disrupting poverty, creating opportunities, and brighter futures. Learn how at childfund.org. That's childfund.org. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hello, Sydney. So, who are you? The question isn't, who am I? The question is, where am I?
special invitation to escape the night. A dinner party experience so thrilling that you might roll over in your own grave. <laughs> Taking place on Halloween night at 8 p.m. in the mansion, hosted by Catboard. Be there if you dare. Shauna. And I'm Kiefer. And, and we're Thompson, Thompson Square. Square. We're blessed to be able to perform in front of thousands of people every night. And when we sing this song, Glass, it always sends a powerful message. The lyrics speak to how fragile we all are and how life's journey is not always a straight and simple path. We're honored to be speaking out on behalf of a cause that is very dear to us, Child Fund International. We may Child Fun has been changing the lives of children in need for over 50 years. In 31 countries, they find ways to improve the lives of impoverished kids because Child Fun doesn't let poverty slow them down. Their mission is to educate, to empower, and to help these children thrive at all the stages of their lives. And to become leaders of enduring change. This is what Child Fund is all about. Disrupting poverty, creating opportunities, and brighter futures. Learn how at childfund.org. That's childfund.org. You are listening to 89.1 WIBF FM, the best station in Radnor. And Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty is back. Man, we talked a lot of basketball on this Wednesday night here at 89.1 Cavalier Radio in Radnor, Pennsylvania. Man, Sixers literally on and literally in an hour. Crazy. It's I, crazy. I want to play the song again, but. I, Maybe I, we close with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely close with the song because obviously you're Philadelphia. 76ers are going to whoop Boston tonight. I got the Sixers winning 110-98. Wow, that's a statement. Yes, a statement. They are going to lock down Kemba, Tatum. No, they're, they're all going to struggle. They're all struggling tonight. And B gets five blocks. That's my bold prediction. Five, just swatting everything. Horford, three threes in the game. I got I got two blocks and three steals for Matisse Thibault tonight. How about Horford? Do you think Horford gets a block on Tatum? Or <laughs> I think I think Horford bangs a three early on in the game. Okay. I I I I like it. I like it. Finally some excitement. Because obviously on the other side, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Perfect transition. Not even gonna lie to you. Perfect transition. The Philadelphia Eagles take on the Buffalo Bills this Sunday. Eagles losing two straight. No one really talking about the Eagles anymore because the Sixers are playing tonight. Thank God basketball's back because if the Eagles were the only thing to talk about. It would just be a hot mess. A lot of receivers got traded this week in the NFL because the trade deadline is coming up. It's I believe it's this week. Um the uh, Patriots losing Josh Gordon to a season-ending end- injury. So what the Patriots did was they got Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons for a second-round pick. Uh, you have Emmanuel Sanders going to the 49ers for a fifth-round pick, and I know uh, probably a third-round pick, too. And then you have the Raiders trading Conley, their cornerback, for a second- or third-round pick. So you're seeing all these teams make deals and then you have the Philadelphia Eagles that are just a hot mess. You have guys like Lane Johnson talking about how players are showing up late to the team, and he's already tried to address it privately, but 
We all know what happened there. You also have an, an a unanimous source say that say uh, talk smack about the team. You have about Wentz not checking the ball down enough, or it's just a hot mess. You have Aguilar trying to say that he he, he tried to run as fast as he could. He didn't give no you didn't give no damn effort, Aguilar. Let's be honest. Come on, stop it. You get you know Aguilar is getting paid more than Julian Edelman. I'm pretty sure he makes more than Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, not more than Alshon, but I know I know he makes more than Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman's not even making ten million a year. Aguilar is making ten million a year, making more than Julian Edelman. Yeah, and you know how Julian Edelman is. Oh, oh, oh! oh I, I thought I thought you're pulling up the stats. I was I was waiting. Hold on, I'm I'm trying to find. I know you're good, man. Trying I, to find the salary real quick. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. I'm just, I am just fed up with this Eagles team and honestly like thank goodness the basketball season is back I, I and the World Series is on because I know we got to end we're going to end the show with the World Series just letting you guys know because it, it's it's another good one seems like it's gonna be another good one but man uh Nelson Aguilar between Aguilar Otega Whiteside Mac Hollins this Eagles team is a mess they go into Dallas and just get stomped 37 to 10 I turned the game off at halftime I was like I'm not watching this I'm already texting to my, a couple of my Dallas friends that go to high school. They're like, yo, bro, what's going on, man? Dallas winning three straight against the Eagles. I'm like, man, I, I was like, man, don't talk to me, man. The, they, the Eagles, man, they're, they're, they're playing like trash. They got blown out in Minnesota. Doug Peterson said a lot of guys had looked themselves in the mirror, including the coaching staff. I honestly think the Eagles should have just cut Aguilar after that game. Like, how many chances are you going to let, are you going to give him? I, I mean... Yeah, that that pass it was a bit overthrown, but it looked like he didn't even try. That was so crazy. I couldn't believe that. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to pull up the exact. I'm trying. I found a tweet earlier that said who he makes more money than. I'm gonna try yeah. to find that for you. Definitely, yeah, definitely try and find. I know Edelman is one of them. I know, and the fact that Edelman is making less money than this guy, like Aguilar, like when you have a slot wide receiver. And I'm going to go on a little football rant here, because, but I'm also going to present facts, so it's not really a rant. But when you are a slot receiver, especially in the NFL, when you play in the high leagues of the NFL, a slot receiver's job is to just find the open space and to catch the ball. You need to have sure-handed slot receivers. Julian Edelman, when the Patriots were going, when they had Amendola, Amendola is another slot guy. Even though I can't stand it, but Cole Beasley, I wanted to punch Cole Beasley in the face every time he caught the ball for Dallas. But he was a really good slot guy. Slot receivers are sure-handed guys that you know that they know that they're going to catch the ball and you know that they're going to find open space. And what is the two things Aguilar can't do? Aguilar cannot catch the ball for his life, and Aguilar cannot find the open space on the field. Why is it that the Philadelphia Eagles, for them to score a touchdown, they have to have at least like a 12-13 play drive? It seems like they're the only offense in football that needs a 12-13 play drive to score. When was the last time the Eagles hit you with an 80-yard bomb? Or they hit you with like a four-play, 80-yard drive, 20, 20 yards per play? Game one. Yeah, and that was with Deshaun Jackson. Exactly, with Deshaun. And you can't rely on a 32-year-old wide receiver to be your speed threat that comes to that comes down to drafting that comes down to personnel howie roseman 
Hallie Rose, Hallie Roseman needs to take what Elton Brand said today about how to build a team and use that as advice and use that as motivation for him and his team. And for those who do not know, we I mentioned it earlier on this radio show. Elton Brand said on the Fanatic, he said how he uses analytics to find guys, but then uses human human personality and the way how they interact with each other to decide if the team's uh, if he's a good fit for the team. That's why he drafted Thibel. And you're seeing Thibel really click and gel with what the team is. The Sixers are a defensive-minded team. So and and we need a little, we need a three and D shooter. I mean, Thibel is still gonna need to develop his shot a little bit, but he he looks he's ready. And Hallie Roseman and Matt Klinsag need to take some notes from Elton Brand. And uh, it's it, it's just bad. Uh, Eagles take on the Bills. Uh, we might as well get to our picks. We'll we'll, we'll end we'll, if you find that tweet, we'll end to it. Right. Um, so that's perfect segue. You got Eagles Bills first game. Ty, who do you got winning this game? Do you think the Eagles go 0-3 in this road trip? I think they do. I <laughs> I got the Bills. I don't know. I just don't see the I don't see them winning. They're not playing good football. They're a mediocre team right now. Bills defense is really good. I think the Bills win 21-17. Uh I, I agree with you. I'm gonna go with the Bills in this game. The Bills are five and one. It's in Buffalo. This sort of reminds me of that Tennessee Titans game the Eagles played last year, week four, when they lost in overtime. Now, there is some question marks with Josh Allen, but this Eagles secondary can't cover anybody. I think I think me and you could get wide open on this secondary. I know Jalen Mills will have a week underneath his belt. Expect a low-scoring game. I With Jackson now on the field, Eagles can't get anybody open. Other than Dallas Goddard, Ertz is, Ertz is playing too soft. Jeffrey is still hurt. They have no speed guy. The Bills are just going to tee off on us. Expect the Bills to beat the Eagles. I, I I think the Bills put up at least 24 to 27 points. I got the Bills 27, 27 to 17. Buffalo Bills. Eagles go 0-3 on the road trip. And it looks like and they got the Bears next week. Our next game, I know Dallas is on a bye. So I know our next game, we wanted to do the Giants. Who are the Giants? Uh, I know you have the, uh, the, the, the doc on you. Um, what was our next game? Next game that we have, we have, after the Bills and Eagles, we have the Chiefs. Yeah, we have the Chiefs versus the Packers. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Patrick Mahomes was practicing Wednesday, very limited. He probably will not go. Uh, Ty, who do you got? I still have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. I think they're going to win 28 to 23 a little bit of a weird one but i think they pull it out the problem with the chiefs is stopping the run and i'm a firm believer and you gotta have at least a semi-good defense in order to be an amazing football team like a team that's a super bowl or the big i can't say super bowl on this show i'm sorry guys the big in order to win the big game and the chiefs Teams are just running down their throat. I know they had the bye week. Or no, no, they didn't have the bye week. No, they had the Thursday night week. They had 10 game, ten days to prepare with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is coming off of a six-touchdown performance. And the game is in Lambeau, am I correct? Or is the game in Kansas City? Um, I believe it's in Lambeau. If the, if the game's in Lambeau, then I agree with you. I think if Patrick Mahomes does not play, I'm going with the Packers. Now, if Mahomes does play. No, sorry. It's in Kansas City. Oh, it's in, in Kansas, Kansas City. It's in Kansas City. 
I like the Chiefs. I, I think that they're going to ride their home crowd. They lost two straight. It seems like this is like a weird game. I, it's going to be a close game. I, I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. I think their I think their defense shows up a little bit. I, I like the Chiefs twenty seven. I like the Chiefs twenty seven twenty three. I think I think Rodgers has a little bit of a down game after having throwing for six or scoring six touchdowns the week before. Next game next, on the list. Yeah, next game we got we have the Panthers versus the 49ers. Oh, this game. Who do you got, Ty? I I'm sticking with the 49ers. They're playing good football right now. And I you know, the Pan- Panthers are all right, but I think I got to stick with the Niners. I'll take them 27 to 21. This is this is a weird game because the Panthers, just like how the 49ers have been rolling, the Panthers may have lost their first two games. But once Cam Newton went down, the Panthers are rolling. The Panthers are playing really good football. And I was not impressed with the 49ers offense last week. I know they got Emmanuel Sanders, but it usually takes a couple weeks for the receiver to get used to the offense. I got the Panthers as my upset pick. I think that they're going to give the 49ers their first loss of the season. The 49ers have a really good defense, but McCaffrey is an amazing running back, and the Panthers have had a couple weeks to prepare for this game. They had the, they're coming off of the bye. Expect the Panthers to come out guns blazing. I got the Panthers beating the 49ers in this game 24 to it's going to be a funky score 24 to 18. I think they're going to hold the 49ers to a lot of field goals. McCaffrey scores 3 TDs. Wow, all right. All right. Uh yeah, next game we got after the Panthers 49ers, we have the Giants versus the Lions. Yes, we 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 chose the Giants because the Cowboys are not playing both teams are ugh, like the, the Giants. They really let me down last week. I thought uh, Daniel Jones and Barkley, the first game that they're going to be together, that they're going to beat the Cardinals. They had three turnovers. Lions are starting to, they started out hot, but ever since that Monday night loss, they've been slowly going down. But they look, they scored, a, they put up some points against Minnesota. Um, Who do you got in this game? Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions in this one. The Giants, you know. Frankly, they're just not very good. Their defense isn't good. Daniel Jones started off hot with a win, but other than that, he hasn't been great. I'm going to take the Lions. Hmm, this is a tough one. I think that they're going to put up some points. So I, I'm going to go 33-24. to 24. Now, I, I do agree with you with some points, but the Lions trading their safety... And and Kenyon Johnson, their running back, being in IR, uh, he got hurt last week. I think that's going to hurt this Lions team. I think I think the Giants are. I think I agree with you. It's going to be a lot of points. They're going to put up some points, but that lack of run game and and losing your safety. I like the Giants in this game. I, I think they're going to bounce back after their loss to the Cardinals. The Giants are. Not the Giants are clearly not going to make the playoffs, but I see the Giants as like a six and ten, seven and nine team. Um, I know, I know, I'm a little, I might be boosting them a little bit, but I expect Saquon to have a big game against the Lions. I got the Giants winning 31 27. And then the last but not least, yeah, last game here we have the Raiders versus the Texans. I'm gonna go with the Texans in this one. Uh, I have them winning 24 20. I think it'll be a pretty close game, uh, 
but I think that the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson, they'll be able to pull this one out. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think uh, coming off of that loss to the Colts, the Texans, they lost their corner. They got they literally got the corner from the Raiders that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be playing against his former team. I, I really like the Texans in this game. I know Fuller is going to be a little banged up, but Hopkins, no, like name an Oakland corner. Like they don't have that shutdown corner. I know they're, I know they have that one good safety, uh, Abram, but other than Jonathan Abram, um, the secondary is weak and expect Hopkins to have a huge game. I'm expecting around 150 to 200 receiving yards from DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans bounce back. So just recapping your picks. Yeah. Uh, gonna... We, we both went with the bills. Yep. Um, we both went with the Chiefs. Yes. And then uh, what was the rest of your picks? I took the 49ers, Lions, and Texans. Okay, so you took so you took 49ers, liner, uh, 49ers Lions, Texans, uh, Bills, and the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep. I went with the Bills, Chiefs, and this is the first time I'm picking against the Eagles. I should have been picked against them. I was, <laughs> I got, I'm getting rid of my fan bias. I, I said that on my podcast Monday. I'm like... I know, like, I, I knew the Ravens were going to win, but I was like, Russell Wilson, my fantasy quarterback's playing so good. But uh, anyway, so I want the Bills, Chiefs, um, Texans, Giants, and then the Panthers. So those are our week eight picks in the NFL. Obviously, last week was terrible for me. I went one and four. Ty, you went three and two. Yeah. So Ty had a really good week last week. So we're going to take a quick break here on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. And Ty, to end this segment, who's getting paid more than Nelson Aguilar or less than Nelson Aguilar? So uh, there are a lot of people getting paid less than Nelson Aguilar. He is the 19th. This is in a tweet according to Josh Westlead. Nelson Aguilar is the 19th highest paid receiver in the league. Julio Jones this season only makes $1 million more. Julio Jones makes only now, one. Now, Julio more. Jones does have an extension coming up that will kick in and that'll go up. But Nelson Aguilar, the way his contract's structured, I believe he's making like $9 million this year. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Perfect way to end this Eagles and football talk. When we get back, we're going to get into the MLB postseason. Astros lose game one. Will they win game two? Tune in again. You're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. We've made a lot of changes to Cavalier Radio over the years, but our most recent one is perhaps our best. We have an all new website, CavalierRadio.com. On the new website, you can listen live to all our great shows. Check out our Cavalier Radio music blog. Look for our show schedule, find our call-in number, and much more. The all-new CavalierRadio.com. Revolutionizing the way you listen to your favorite college radio station in the area. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed, 
could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you A, meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman! You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. It's that time of year again. I don't know about you guys, but Gabby and I are pretty excited for this year's Halloween. Hey Gabby, what's your costume design this year? I plan on being Batgirl this year, Josh. What about you? Ah, that's a tough one for me, but I'm gonna be Deku from My Hero Academia. Now Gabby, what's your favorite kind of Halloween candy? That's a tough one for me, but I'm a sucker for anything chocolate. Josh, what about you? Man, I think I got to go with the candy corn, Gabby. We hope everyone has a great Halloween this year. I know we definitely will at 89.1 from Cavalier Radio. We hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! <laughs> You know what they say. Curiosity killed the calf. Hmm? Cavalier, that is. Oh! Are you a curious calf? Cabrini Curiosity, the podcast by calves for calves, asking anything and everything, is available now. Head over to CavalierRadio.com to get the answers that you've been searching for. Cabrini Curiosity, only on Cavalier Radio. Did you hear that? It's back. It's a two-play And Swoop Radio with Josh and Ty is back. Man, it's almost Sixers time. Almost. 40, about 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes till tip-off. My goal is to be home by tip-off. Ty, do you think I can make that? <laughs> uh, Probably not. What yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have like, I have to drive all the way down to, all the way down the Blue Route. Got to go through all the exits. 
on I-95 South, <laughs> Wilmington, Delaware. But Ty, obviously, another game that's happening tonight, MLB playoffs and the MLB World Series. Houston Astros, Washington Nationals, game two tonight. Steven Strasburg, Justin Verlander, this is a must-win for the Astros. So I feel like it's a must-win for both teams. I I know, you know, that sounds a little ridiculous to say, but the I I don't think the I don't think either team can afford to lose this one. This one's really big. A huge momentum swing. You know, the the Nats, the way they played last night, um, uh, you know, Scherzer are only going four innings, four or five innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went five. He went five he, he innings. He gutted it out though. That's yes. the thing. For sure. And then bringing in Corbin, they're not going to be able to sustain that the whole series, bringing in their other starters in relief every single game. So they're going to have to get the wins when they can and, you know, try to win this one as soon as possible because uh, the longer it goes, I think the more it kind of is suited for the Astros. So I think the Nats, they need to win this one too. It's going to be a good star studded matchup, you know, two aces on the mound. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, because I mean the problem the Astros showed in Game One, and they showed a little bit. It they showed they shown it a lot at times this postseason. Is scoring is getting the key hit runners in scoring position. The Astros really struggled in Game One. I mean they did come back a little bit late in the game, but there was times when Altuve had a chance. I know their rookie um, had Alvarez. Alvarez had the bases loaded, two outs. The difference between that game was Juan Soto. Uh, Juan Soto being just an absolute sensation, like three RBI hitting that bomb. He strikes out his first at bat on three fastballs, comes back the next at bat, hits a bomb off of a fastball. Juan Soto is is he the, the sky's the limit for him. Him and the Nationals need to resign Rendon too. Um, but the person that I'm gonna call out, he is he's supposed to be the AL MVP. What's going on with Alex Bregman this postseason? He has not really been impressive so far. He's he is due to break out soon. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They need Bregman to step up if they want to. They want to win this World Series, and uh, I, I like what you said about Juan Soto. I think uh, I think he's the best. He, he's going to be the best player in the NL East for the next ten years. I I think I would also if I were the Phillies. I know this would never happen, but I I trade any two Phillies. For Juan Soto, he's that good. Yes, and and what separates Juan Soto from like the other players is his willingness to get better. Like in the in the NLCS, uh, I believe it was Game One, one of the early games, he struck out three times. He played his worst postseason game. What he was doing after at the end of the game, he was getting extra hitting practice from his hitting coach. He told the hitting coach, he's like, I feel like my swing is off. It was off, and I don't want it to be a trend. And they found out what was going on with him. So then by the time, after the extra practice and stuff, Juan, Juan Soto then, the next two games, ends up going three for four and and two for four, hitting a, hitting a couple bombs and stuff. Man, you can't, you, you can't go wrong with uh, Juan Soto and his willingness to be great. And that's what separates the great players from the good players, that willingness to be great. And the Sixers have two of them, and Embiid and Simmons. Juan, Juan Soto is 20. I know. He's 20 years old. It's ridiculous. He's this good, and he's 20. It, the, the Nationals are going to be a problem. Yes. I mean, now I will say, will Strasburg pick up his option? 
I don't. If they win it, I think Rendon and Strasburg are probably back. Even if they don't, I would guess they're both back. Yeah, that's that's just my only question to you is because I mean I will say like the Nationals, they are the national the Nationals are a good team. Um, I mean obviously they're in the World Series, but I mean like their fan base and stuff. They not they like it's like you know like player players kind of come and go. I mean they have the talent now, and I and I think. It just depends on what they want to do in the offseason. That that's all I'm asking. I'm just trying to just pose a question. Yeah, yeah. Like when Rendome, you have to resign him, but the sky's the limit for Juan Soto. I think out of all the players, like you said, Juan Soto is going to be the best player in the NL East. And that's saying something over Acuna Jr. and and all those guys in the Braves. Yeah, Soto, just like Bryce Harper, made his debut at nineteen, and just like Bryce Harper is scheduled to hit the market at twenty six. So I know we're, you know, six, seven years away from that. But if you thought the Bryce Harper frenzy last offseason was crazy, the Juan Soto, you know, free agency is going to be even more wild in, you know, a few years, I think. Yes, it's going to be insane. And and baseball's in a really good spot because it seems like every year in the World Series, you see these young, not only just great players, but young players. I yeah, remember, sure. yeah, I remember 2016. You had, I mean, you still have. You had Baez. You had, you had um, Lindor. Yeah, Lindor. You had um, Rizzo, Brian. Yeah, yeah, Liz Rizzo, Brian. All these guys. And that was just in the 2016 World Series. Then in 2017, Altuve, Springer, Springer's homered in five straight World Series games, and he's not even like what, not even 26 years old. Yeah, right? no. Like it, it's it's just amazing. So we're just witnessing a young, the young generation and the young talent in baseball. It the sky's the limit. Like we're not even talking about Cody Bellinger, yeah, because exactly. the Dodgers keep choking. Like he's going to be your MVP in the NL, probably. Um, you have Pete Alonso with the Mets. I, I interviewed a hitting coach on uh, on Tuesday, and he was like, "My favorite swing right now is Pete Alonso's." Wow. He's like, he's like, I love his balance. Like we got into, it, we were talking about it because he's like, there's no real ideal swing, but he's like, the swing that I just really like to watch is Pete Alonso, and he and Judge and all these guys, Sanchez and the the Yankees squad, and they got a squad. Like it, it's baseball's in a really good place now. I know they need to do a little bit with the pace of the game, a little bit, um, maybe like for the extra innings, have a guy at second base to start out. And yeah, for, that's and something they're trying. That's yeah, something yeah. they're trying. I don't like it, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, just like just little things. I think baseball is if they just do the little things right and speed up the game a little bit, I, I think they'll be in a in a in a, in a great place. Yeah, um, I agree. But who do you got game two, and who do you got in this series? Has your opinion changed? Do you still think Astros in six? Hmm. I. I think. I think I got to change it. I don't know. I think it might be Nationals in six. Wow, after just one game. Yeah, I I mean, we'll see tonight, but I think Strasburg comes out and throws the gem. I really do. We're obviously going to see, but the way this looked last night, and I know, it, you know, we got a rare, not great performance from Garrett Cole, but I'm liking the Nats as of now. Now, now one thing... I will say for for my for my prediction. So you're gonna you're switching it to Nationals and six, not even Nationals and seven. Nationals and six. 
So Ty, Ty is, stand, is standing very firm right now. I know, I know he's not really saying anything now, but he's staying, he's staying very firm. I'm gonna stick with my pick. I like the Astros. If anything, I might change his baby instead of six seven. But I, I like this Astros team, and I think as the series gets deeper, you're gonna see the Astros be just being the better team. Um, I as I mentioned uh, last week, I was like Scherzer's gonna get you a game, and Strasburg's gonna get you a game. Scherzer may not have been his best, but Scherzer ended up winning that game. So that's the game Scherzer wins. I think the next time the two pair up, Scherzer and Cole, it's going to be in D.C. It's probably going to be either game four or game five. I like Cole to bounce back. Um, and I think Verlander, everyone is, the Yankees hit Verlander very hard in the ALCS, so I know a lot of people don't have as much confidence. I think Verlander flips the, squit, uh, flips the, uh, it's the switch. I think Strasburg's due for a bad start, and I think Verlander pitches the gem. I, I think Verlander gives you the gem, and I think Strasburg will pitch a gem in Washington. I, I just have this gut feeling. I said Strasburg and Scherzer are going to win one game each in this series, and I like Verlander and Cole to win. I think Cole will get you too, and I think that will be the difference in the series. But I, I still like the Astros. They made Scherzer work, work hard. Now, just with the Astros just getting that key hit. Altuve, he's one of the best, he's one of the best clutch hitters in the game. Literally hit a walk-off to go to the World Series. He was not clutching game one. There was times when there was runners on base and he didn't really um step up. Springer looking at that ball. If Springer would have just ran from the box instead of looking at it and seeing it's gone, he's at third base. Altuve hits hits a fly ball the next play. You have yourself a tie game, and who knows what happens. So I, 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 I think I'm not going to be a prison in the moment. The Nationals got what they had to get done. They're going to split. And then I, I, like, I like the Astros. Uh, I think I, I like the Astros. I still like the Astros in six. I think they're going to turn this around. Win game two, win game three. Strasburg wins you game four. I think Astros win five and six. I, I, I just like it. I, I think the Astros are the better team, and they're, they're destined for more than one ring. I just see it. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't be shocked either way. It's just it's gonna be an interesting one. It's gonna be a good series. I I feel like because that game last night was really good. All right, we gotta end this show the only way. How, Ty? Are are you ready for me to hit the song? Let's do it. You got you gotta say hit the song and you gotta say get excited. You gotta do your best. Um, what's that announcer's name oh, on the radio? Uh, he's he's always like, get excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, McGinnis. Yes, give me your best McGinnis right now as I play it. All right, get excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you guys listen to Sweet Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF. Oh, and Ty, WYBF FM, Gavler Radio. This is Josh and Ty signing off. Go Sixers, trust the process. Swoop. <laughs> Swoop.
Thank you.